This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live. Welcome to a show about nothing. I'm here with uh, Fatima and Marie. Hey. Uh, Hello again. And today's topic will be... Near-to-death experiences. Scary stuff. Scary stuff, yeah. yeah, We we just missed Halloween, so... (laughs) What's it actually called, Halloween? It's it's, uh, Saint... Something Saints, right? Isn't it? Like the day all the saints wake up and say hi to you in the graves or something like that? I thought that was New Year's. What? I think that's like, isn't it? Allah Helgons, like that's the day yeah. after. I don't actually know, but we thought that after having talked about the weird stuff and the fun stuff in the last episode, this episode we can actually go a little bit into, you know, the darker stuff and talk about moments when we maybe would rather die or actually <laughs> talk to people who have seen death into the eye but then just decided to you know go turn around and go the other direction yeah, like you have the tunnel and the light and you go like nah this ain't my Don't time go and you're going back light. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so do you guys have any like have you guys had any like near-death experiences personal ones i mean i uh i wouldn't say i've had near-death experiences where i ended up being in a hospital um nor were they usually influenced by say sickness or you know, being hit by a car or something. But I have gotten myself into positions where I may have noticed in the position, in that moment, like, oh, oh God, well, if I do something wrong here, I'm probably going to be French toast. For example, I used to climb a lot of abandoned buildings. And hmm. I remember distinctly one time when I was in an abandoned military uh, weather station and I was cat- like catwalking on top of a maybe 20 centimeter wall that was about five meters high with concrete on one side and NATO wire on the other side, which is basically like... um, Did you say a NATO wire? Yeah, you know, it's like the spiky wire, just it has razor blades in it. So instead of just falling into it, you you can just kind of wiggle your way out. The more you move, the more everything oh, is going to Oh, it's like the, like in the in the Saw movie, like uh, seven or seventeen. What was this building you were going in that it was protected with NATO wire? Well, it was it was an old abandoned military weather station, kind of. Oh, it was wow. a kind of a questionable thing, though. Uh, it was in the middle of the forest on top of a hill. The only thing that was still active was a hundred and twenty meter tall kind of steel beam tower similar to uh, the electrical power line towers Um, and then there was a little building in the middle that was mostly closed off but over the years I think it was abandoned for 15 years it was um, a bit ransacked so a lot of people climbed over the walls a lot of fences were cut and yeah I happened to be on that wall because I wanted to steal the light bulbs of the it was kind of like a prison, like the the big light bulbs you get on the side of the wall that illuminate the inside and the outside. And there are these big fluorescent lights that are pretty expensive and no one had taken them yet. So it wasn't a challenge? Like you just no, really no, wanted it, these light yeah, bulbs? It was, it was something pretty stupid from my side. And when I was <laughs> up on the wall halfway there, I was like, wow, this is fucking retarded. Like I should <laughs> I should be really careful here. But yeah, that that's kind of the experiences I keep getting myself into. And I do enjoy them, but... I haven't gotten into a near-death experience where it was like, 
getting hit by a car and lying on the floor and being like, the white is coming closer. Sometimes, because I remember when I was a teenager, I got I got a little bit drunk and I was super happy on life and running. I was with my ex-boyfriend. We were running in my hometown and I, I remember I climbed this tree and I remember when I started climbing the tree, I was like, no, nah, I'm not that drunk. I can do this. So I climbed the tree and when I was hanging, like, I don't know how high it was, a few meters up, you know, but when I was on the tree, it dropped just like, you know, my hand slipped. So I was hanging on just by one hand and it wouldn't have killed me. But I remember getting this shock of like, oh my God, I'm going to die in my whole body. And just like being like, this is so stupid. And I didn't, you don't realize it until you're actually up there and you're like, yeah. why am I doing this? Because you're just so excited while starting. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just stupid things we do, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I wasn't even drunk at that time. I yeah. <laughs> I, th I find it really interesting because I would also say that I have never really or maybe I wasn't like close to death experiences, but I wasn't aware of it at this moment in time. So uh, the only moments when I can relate to this shock and adrenaline rush you get through your body where you're like all of a sudden becoming aware of all that power you have to maybe save yourself out of a situation that's uh, happening to me when I go climbing. I, I do enjoy going climbing and in summer I go climbing outdoors. I recently started with lead climbing as well. So that means that you have a person that's securing you, but you need to like make it to fixed points throughout the wall. So if you make it to one fixed point, you're like putting your rope in there and then you're secured. But then you have to climb for like one and a half meters or two meters to the next fixed point. Is that what you could still like, even if you're fixed and you fall, it can still hurt quite a bit. Yeah, quite a you bit can still like, like hurt yourself a lot. You don't drop to the floor, but you can, you still have to know how to fall as well. But in between those fixed points, you're climbing like, it feels like you're on your own and you get this or I get quite close to a panic. And I would say it's this like, you know, it's this triggering it's nice panic so you're like kind of doing it because it's exciting but at the same time it can you're like on the edge of it becoming really bad so it's always like you need to stay really focused because if you just lose it and you give into that fear I think you can get quite like paralyzed there in the wall so that's like uh, one of my maybe close to death experiences <laughs> I'm experiencing on a like regular basis <laughs> because I do put myself into that situation. I wanted to get to the adrenaline junkie mm -hmm. idea mm -hmm. that that you could actually Yeah, there is a there is a thing where people have a thrill for a bit of adrenaline and I wouldn't say close to death experiences are the main thrill, but definitely putting yourself in a point where if you don't react the right way, you're gonna not enjoy the rest of your day or life, depending on how, how you put it or how you fall. But there is something like that. Um, for example, parachute jumping and stuff like that. That's that's usually an adrenaline junkie kind of... Well, I wouldn't say junkie, but like definitely an adrenaline-seeking person will enjoy. But why Like, why do you think we actually put us through that? Because it's, like, it's dangerous. It's like you're trying to live on the edge to... To, to feel alive. Yeah, yeah. Y you feel good. You're like, hey, you know, you really appreciate also then the quiet moments then or... So it's like uh, the like a yin and yang story. Like you need to do it to be able to appreciate life. I'm not. I'm not a adrenaline junkie. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I just stay at home. I just no. I. I mean, I do st silly stuff, but um, I. I wouldn't say I'm a complete junkie. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not really referring to junkies. I think there's something really um, like but may there maybe is human yeah. to the. 
like putting yourself at some kind of i i think why brain did you suggest it to me then like why do you think about like mm, if i jump down there i might die yeah or, you know you waited the traffic light and you're like mm, if i just run into the crossing right now while all the cars are going i might you know get hit and then i'm dead so i don't do it but you know you're like checking this and i was getting like slightly weirded out by that because i i, I kept doing this a lot in my daily life and then i started to look it up and it's apparently a normal uh, mechanism of your brain to check that you are in control you're like imagining those worst case scenarios and then you are deciding to not do that so that's a way to prove to yourself that you're actually capable of keeping yourself safe and uh, you know, taking the decision to not do the stuff that's dangerous yeah that's something i uh th- i found really interesting and maybe the people who are really you know getting a kick from this adrenaline rush and stuff maybe they are you know on a purpose like triggering those situations and uh, going for them because they just get a little high on them i was just thinking that what you just explained for me like so basically we just think of things that we don't do to make ourselves feel good about ourselves mm, in a way like if you take the example of max like he he's been climbing in that like abandoned building and there was the nato fence and he just wanted to go for the light bulb and then uh he was already up there and then he became aware of how dangerous it actually was and he was like questioning why am i even doing this and now then he started paying like a, a lot of attention to get down there safe somehow well i mean i did keep going i was like wow this is fucking retarded okay, and so I, I don't so know i guess I'm something is broken in my brain according to your theory <laughs> I, i don't <laughs> no. know i did not want to imply that um <laughs> oh marie I, yeah as the way i understood it is that we just um i don't know we like healthy human beings have the ability to you know see what is really dangerous and what is a little bit dangerous and what is not dangerous and then we like most of the times avoid the really dangerous yeah. things. Yeah. You know, I actually I was actually uh, just bugging you cuz I I read an article about yeah. it as well and I know that it's like <laughs> a sane thing to the have like this the attitude for her as a kid <laughs> is still alive. <laughs> Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thank god this isn't live. We're talking about uh, near death experiences. And I claimed earlier that I haven't really had a near death experience, I think. But actually, I remembered I had one that could be considered a near death experience. Uh so my near death experience is actually um an ice related one so when i was younger like say 12ish uh i was hanging outside a lot with my friends and um we were those kind of kids that just you know threw rocks and stuff and we were kind of like super annoying kids we were a big group of people and this day i think we were like i don't know six six seven people we were out i just have to say i'm worried about what kind of kid you were like you were always trying to be the best you were throwing rocks at people you were getting drunk <laughs> climbing <laughs> up trees I yeah mean, well <laughs> you'll get to know me don't worry but yeah i mean i was a really um i w- i was a i was kind and i had morals but i was also d- up to no good kind of right so you were talking about the near death experience yeah. you were throwing rocks And no, we weren't. So hard, no, not at that you? time. No, no, no. Well, that had, has actually happened oh, as well. <laughs> But no. So this is uh, this is a winter day in uh, Halstavik, which is like a small village in in Sweden. 
And I was out with my friends. Um, it wasn't like the spring was kind of coming, so there was ice on the on the waters, but it wasn't really stable ice. And we were just hanging by the hanging outside, and we saw that there was this. I'm gonna say it. It was a condom floating around, floating in the water. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, nice. And like we were talking about this, and like where you know condom in water, how did it end up there? It was open and stuff. Anyway, and we we started challenging each other going like well if you can go and reach that one you'll get 10 <laughs> crowns from <laughs> 10 crowns from everyone a new business idea yeah and we were like i don't know we were so sick i said i think i said six or seven so totally worth it yeah we was 60 or 70 crowns when you're 12 that's a lot of money right still a lot of money yeah yeah it's two ice creams i think two beers really where do you buy where? your beers well depending i mean uh, what is it wednesday on wednesday yakita is has a uh, pretty cheap beers all right. right uh, let's carry on here. Yeah. We, we're not about so, telling where cheap beers is. <laughs> so anyway, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Like I said, I want to be the cool one. And uh, I got out on the ice. It was it was a bit too far away. Uh, so I had to. So there was ice and halfway there and then the water was actually running. So I got a stick from the from the forest. And I was I went out to the ice like slowly, trying to be clever, not just running out. But anyway, I reached for the condom to get it on the stick, <laughs> and I actually actually did manage to get it on the stick. But the moment I lifted the stick up, I fell through the water, like in through the ice into the water. Oh, was yeah. it deep? I don't actually remember, and probably not. It w- probably wasn't that deep, but I, I had to swim. Uh, but also, I was twelve, so quite small at the time. Uh, and and people they were just looking at me going like oh my god what do we do what do we do because we're all children don't really know what to do uh, but I just I just followed the stream and I actually did like a few meters and I ended up on the side so it wasn't really it was really cold but it wasn't like an, a real mm. urgence anyway and so I got up and I still I, I was like I'm gonna take this condom with me because I'm fucking wet and I want my money but now you had <laughs> it in your hand though no no I still oh. had it was on the stick because it was open so it had like turned around the super mm. disgusting around right. the stick. So I, I <laughs> so I actually get up and I'm so cold and I'm like throwing this condom at the ground. I'm like, give me my money. And they were all like, no, no, no. You fell through the water. That wasn't the deal. Oh, my God. So like two out of these people gave me my actual money. So I was just I, I got so angry and sad that I was like what the what the what the and it just went home like freezing like oh it's super i don't know it Still, was i mean 20 crowns eh? 20 crowns yeah that was that was just one, one ice cream <laughs> but yeah i it was it could have gone worse you didn't get hypothermia or anything i mean i really don't remember i remember just being angry because i didn't get the money no but i get that i mean there is bets where it's like oh look it's freezing outside you know here's 20 crowns go swim in the cold water and Seems like a good idea at the time when you're drunk. Talking of hypothermia, you didn't get hypothermia, yeah, so you were you were probably happy. not. Yeah. Um, I actually had a, a New Year's where I um, may have exited on a highway in a German highway at around 170. Which, if you know the exits of a highway, you're not supposed to drive that fast going down mm, those exits. Mm, yeah. Um, but it was icy, so mm. I may have not been able to stop. So I ended up uh, doing like one of those skids and lost a tire, but. And that was not the point. On the same day, though, I got super wasted. I mean, that, that there was chaos. It's New Year's, though. I got super wasted. And apparently, there was people who arrived at the party at 2 o'clock in the morning. And they found me basically in the snow, in a T-shirt, 
passed out outside in the, the front lawn. Um, really? So that was back when I was a kid. That's just what I did when I was a kid, being passed out in the lawn. Um, <laughs> But like you were already able to drive, so... Right? Yes, well... Like a like an older kid. An older kid. Well, I, I haven't really matured yet. <laughs> okay. I'm still a kid. It's, Mostly, it's a long yes. process. <laughs> It takes time. With the cold and getting hypothermia, especially when you drink because then you get warm, you know, because of like increased heart rate and stuff. So yep, it's cells. like a, it's a dangerous, like especially I, I mentioned, maybe I mentioned before, but for those who doesn't know that, I've done my exchange semester in Umeå in the north of Sweden. And in winter, it can get there like up to minus 25 degrees. And still students occasionally go out and go to parties. And then you just like have to dress really good. But inside it's really warm because you have, you know, electricity and heaters. So <laughs> when you go out to smoke or you just go out to catch some fresh air, you get this like temperature difference that's like 50 degrees because it's like 20 degrees inside but it's like minus 25 in there. So it's like, it's a big difference. And you just like, it's crazy. And when I was heading home from parties and you had to go for a 30 minutes walk, I was always a afraid when I was drunk that I just gonna have this moment where I just like oh let's just sit down here and have a rest and what if you fall asleep and what if you so I would always be like panicking to I have to walk home with someone I can't go alone so yeah that's like it's a thing yeah I heard that people actually do pass out that way yeah and you like find them in spring again oh my god oh, that's so horrible it's like Mount Everest or is it? exactly yeah <laughs> yeah no, but yeah okay guys but um Maybe we shared enough of our own near-to-death experiences. And I'm actually quite curious to see if uh, any one of our listeners would like to share a story with us as well. So let's check if there's maybe someone on the line. And while we're setting up the phone, we're just gonna play a song for you. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> let's try this again. Thank God this isn't live. Hello, Elsa. Can you hear us? Yes, I hear you. Amazing. Welcome to the show about nothing with today's topic being near-to-death experiences. Uh, We're really happy to have you on the line. How are you doing? Thanks. Happy to be here. I'm doing doing fine. Thank you. Where Maybe are I'm you qualified for near death experiences? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are really curious to hear a little bit more, but maybe you can tell us a little bit where you're sitting at the moment. Yes, now I'm at work at Volvo Cars in Torsonda. Okay. Just doing what I do on an average Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to a radio show. <laughs> Plus that. That is fun. So, uh, I don't know if you know everyone here if you listened to our last show, but uh, I'm Fatima. And you just talked to Marie, and we also have a third guy in here. And hello, <laughs> I'm Max. Hello, nice to meet you. So we heard you are sitting on this really like weird near to death experience uh, story. Do you mind sharing it with us? No, not at all. If you have any questions as I go along, I'll just go for the story. <laughs> Perfect. During my thesis, I came back. Um, I was spending a semester in Spain, and then I came back to the cold country of Sweden. And I, yeah, I actually signed a contract for a permanent position at Volvo. So this was like one of the best weeks of my life. Nice. Um, back in March. Yeah. So um, I signed my contract. I had the whole world. I was so excited. And then about like a few days later after signing my contract and getting this job, I started to have a sore throat, but like only on one side. 
And I was like, oh, okay, like, all my friends always complain about the Swedish healthcare system, and they're always, like, staying home from work, but, like, I'm still going to go to work, and, like, I'll be fine. Like, I'm not that sick. So I had a sore throat for, like, mm, three days maybe, and on the third day I stayed home from work because I started to get a little bit feverish. And then I went to the board central, and I was like, I don't know if I'm being too dramatic going to the board central with just a sore throat, mm. but um, I went there, and they they wiped my throat and then they were like yeah you probably have a virus we don't see any of the bacteria that we tested for so like go home take some ibuprofen <laughs> people living in sweden know this like they they tell you go home uh take some ibuprofen have a tea and rest yeah i mean yes. being being a, a swede i i don't know like we don't at least me in my family we just didn't go to the to Vorten or the hospital for a sore throat so i don't know how the doctors react to it Yeah, maybe I was a little dramatic, but actually the sore throat was so bad that I thought I had an ear infection. So then I thought that I could get antibiotics for that because usually with an ear infection, they treat that quite fast. But yeah, it was a surprise to me. Like I wasn't trying to be too dramatic, but when I got there, they told me you don't have an ear infection. There's nothing in your ear. Like your throat is just so swollen that you can feel it in your ear. Wow, that's yes. weird. It must be a weird <laughs> so feeling. This is the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that was a Friday morning. I went to Word Central. And then um, I stayed home all weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday with a really bad fever. Like, I couldn't move unless I was, like, going to the bathroom at some points. Like, I was living with a Swedish family. So, like, a single dad and three teenage kids. And, like, At some points, I couldn't feed myself, so, like, uh, the dad would make me some toast and bring it into the room and try not to contaminate himself. With my, um, <laughs> wow. Well, were with the kids, dad. like, calm with you? Or, like, because I can imagine three teenagers must be noisy. No, they're actually, they were quite quiet kids. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there were nothing, like, I compared myself to, like, my American family and them all the time. And, like... They are so calm. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, but that's because in America, <laughs> everything is just extra large. Yeah. Yeah. Super loud. Exactly. <laughs> so many personalities and things going on. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just typical American. So, they, anyway, they, so they silently fed you in your room. Yeah, exactly. They didn't really say anything. I was just kind of dying in my room. And every time I like would come out to like pee or something, they'd be like, wow, you look horrible. I'd be like, yeah, I horrible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so... I've never had a, I've never been sick in my life. Like I've never been to the hospital. I never like had a problem really. And I was like, okay, this is just a really bad fever, but I've never had a fever for more than like two days max, but this was like four days. And then on Monday I start, I start, like I start thinking that I'm getting better, but then actually like it gets worse throughout the day. So then I, I don't know what happened, but eventually I was in bed on Monday and like I started hallucinating and like hearing music and Whoa. hearing like random things That's in my scary. bed. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, it was weird. Like I was alone. Like, as I said, I came back for my thesis in January. So like I had some friends that I wasn't like close enough with them that I could be like, hey, like come save me. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided, I don't know, I started hallucinating and like sweating and like I was like, okay, I, I can't even sleep because I'm so sick. So I called 112, and I, like, went out of my room. It was, like, 10.30 at night. So, like, the Swedish dad I was living with was already, like, asleep. But I, like, went to his kid's room, and then they went and, like, woke him, woke him up. And I was <laughs> like, please help me. I think I'm dying. And then I came out, like, and I was, like, laying on the floor in the hallway. And he's like, yeah, you should sit on the couch. And I was like, I don't think I can move. And he brought me, like, water and a protein bar because he's, like, a physical trainer. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so he brought me, like, a 
there's nothing that can't be fixed by a protein bar yeah exactly right like even a near-death illness but anyway i didn't know it was near death i thought maybe i just had a really bad fever and like something was happening so i called woman too and i was like so confused that i couldn't even give them my personal number correctly and um eventually they got there and i don't even remember because i was so out of it but like they stuck me and then they found out i was in septic shock so like my blood was actually so contaminated with bacteria that if i waited much longer i probably would have died wow (laughs) yeah but i didn't know any of this at the time i was just like okay they're sticking things in my arm it's fine so they take me away in the ambulance and i'm like thinking to myself like wow this is inconvenient i'm gonna have to come back like home tomorrow with like one sock and my pajamas on in the bus (laughs) things you really care about in those moments right yeah exactly i was just thinking like ah that's gonna be fun tomorrow and then, yeah, I get to the hospital and they start, like, sticking things down my nose. Like, the doctors are like, yeah, we don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Like, wow. <laughs> we're, just, we're trying to figure it out. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I was in the intensive care unit because I was showing, like, repetitive signs of uh, life-threatening injuries and stuff. Like, did you so, stay long there or or was it, like, over yeah, a day? Yeah, I was in the intensive care unit overnight yeah. because they couldn't diagnose me, so they didn't know what was wrong. And then at this point, I started to feel like I couldn't lay on my back. And what I didn't know was, <laughs> so <laughs> what I found out after being in the hospital for about like 12 hours was that I had come down with a case of Lemire syndrome. It's a really rare disease that um, affects 0.8 in 1 million of the population and most commonly affects like young, healthy adults. So there was nothing Is it, wrong in with a me. way, does it make you feel special? No, not really. <laughs> I wish my odds were used to like win the lottery or something. Yeah. Like I wish I could be zero point eight in one billion of like many other things besides yeah. getting this disease. Yeah. So like I had no idea what it was and I was so sick in the hospital I didn't look it up until like after, but uh apparently like it can have up to as high as a fifteen percent mortality rate because it's so rare that people don't know what it is oh so they don't God. diagnose it and then you just die. I so super what scary. actually was happening was like I had a sore throat but like it was a it was actually a blood clot that was causing my sore throat. Oh, <laughs> so I had man. a blood clot and then the bacteria yeah, because the bacteria were causing a blood clot and it was really close to like my jugular vein, like the big vein that goes through your neck. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so then the the bacteria was just going through my blood everywhere in my body and it spread the infection to my lungs. So then I was like not able to breathe and the first night uh, that I was in the hospital I had to spend with like oxygen support because I, I wasn't able to like breathe on my own well enough. Um, so I had like monitors to make sure that I was like breathing and like pushing oxygen into my nostrils. You know, I had heard so much about the Swedish healthcare system and like how, you know, like you shouldn't go unless it's very serious and like blah, blah, blah. And I was like thinking to myself, like, I really don't want to be a pansy and go to the doctor right now. Like, I don't want to be a pansy and call the ambulance, but like when you're, I think you know when you're dying and when it's time to call. Yeah. (laughs) And like Max has said, like, if you're hallucinating, go for it. I just call them. Right. Yeah, exactly. So and what was the number was again? This, yeah, I don't remember the Celsius number, but I my fever was like 105.5 degrees Fahrenheit. I so. do not know how much that is. <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it was um, very, very high. Like my blood was basically boiling. But you're fully um, recovered now. Um, Mostly. I still feel like I have scars in the back of my lungs. So on like the side that the infection was taking most, I I can feel like when I stretch or when I breathe really deeply sometimes or when I yawn, for example, um, I can feel like a, it's not really like a sharp pain. It's just like a, 
a pain that's like there and um yeah I mean most of the time it's just ignored but then sometimes I feel it and you know I remember that I was in that position and like leaving the hospital I couldn't sneeze or yawn because my body would just stop me from doing it because I couldn't breathe deep enough because of my lung infection so like the most exciting thing for me leaving the hospital was like the first day that I sneezed after leaving the hospital like two weeks after or something That was my almost dying in Sweden alone. Story. Thank you, thank you for your uh, for sharing that story with us, and yeah, um, sure. definitely uh, uh, an experience that's worth it being on that show. Because yeah. it's, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna uh, have some other stories in that show that come as close to death as this one. Yeah, so. yeah. What's it called? Lemire's disease. Lemire's syndrome. Yeah, syndrome. it's L E M I E R R E. Lemire syndrome. Yeah. So if you if you want to look it up and get freaked out, do what I did after I left the hospital and Google it and just read about okay. it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we will do that. We might yeah. do that. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we have an, uh, another thing we want to do with you because you're on the line. Uh, yeah. We wanted to play a little game. Are you up for a game? I'm up for a game. All Let's right. It. So it works like this: you'll get two options, and you have to choose. It, it's it's like a fast-going game. So you you have to choose between these these two things, these two options that we'll give you. Okay. Um, you will have. I think we have. How many do we have? Uh, we have ten, I believe. Yeah. If I can count. Yeah, <laughs> your counting skills are good. <laughs> So we have uh, 10 uh, questions, kind of. Okay. And you will only have the opportunity to say next twice during this game, right? Okay. So they're just questions and I, you're going to give me two options to answer from? Uh, yeah. Exactly. So you need to choose between it's two. option A and B and yeah. you always have to either take A or B. Like so, Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, for example, Marie, green or yellow? Yellow. Yeah. That's basically the thing. Now the questions okay. do go a bit less innocent than green or yellow so <laughs> if at any time you feel uncomfortable you do have the option to just be like you know screw off and hang up <laughs> please don't though okay. <laughs> don't, don't do that though <laughs> so uh max you want to take it yes yes i got all the questions here all right let's start a bit more simple here uh, constantly hungry or constantly thirsty oh uh constantly thirsty constantly thirsty yeah deaf or blind oh my god deaf Cheating on an exam or failing? Um, failing. Failing. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Good girl. Unibrow or neckbeard? I assume you know what a neckbeard is. Uh. <laughs> 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 wow. See, Marie has never choice. seen a neckbeard, so. Um, let's go unibrow, like Frida Kahlo or whatever her name was. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, true Good reference. <laughs> Banging five celebrities and no one will know about it, or everyone will know you banged five celebrities but you didn't. Oh my god! Totally the first option. <laughs> <laughs> Someone likes the celebrities. <laughs> Manhitty or naked? What was the first? Uh, so it's a, um, it? it's mankini or naked. Oh, mankini. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> nice. wanted to choose the same. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good look for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no phone or no coffee? No phone or no coffee. Oh, my God. Um, I would have to say no coffee. I'm addicted. No coffee? Wow. Yeah. That's gutsy. Oh. <laughs> There's always tea or Red Bull. Like, true, true. You can interpret this as you like, but Urza from Ariel or the wicked uh, stepmom from 
Snow White. Uh, hmm. I would say Ursula. So you're into squids then? Yeah, I mean, it seems more easy to take down a, a marine animal yeah. than a stepmom. So. <laughs> true, true, nice. So you were thinking about killing her? I mean, they're both evil people. Not like killing, but, you know, to take them down. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, right. <laughs> By throwing roses at them, you know? Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> killing them with kindness. Lights on or off? Uh, off? Mm-hmm. And I believe we're at the last one. Always super drunk or always super hungover? Oh, my God. Is that even a question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always super drunk. But yeah, how are you going to get through life then? I can do it. So have, you're going to um, go for always super drunk? Yeah. I mean, after having survived Lemire's syndrome, <laughs> she can go like always drunk. She can do it. I think she's proven that she's Guys, like a strong I fighter. Drink alcohol for like a month. Do you have any idea how much money I saved? True. True. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Especially in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank oh you God. so much for partaking in our radio show, the show about nothing. Sure. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is Steve Brown and PJ Farley from the band 40 Foot Ringo. And you are listening to K103 on 103.1 megahertz. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live. <laughs> That's like our sound, I think. Yeah, yeah. We should get. It's only good bits. people in the studio. Yeah, wow. And good That's people so listening, kind. obviously. And we also had a really good caller. I just want to thank Elsa one more time for taking part in our show. It was a really good. Yeah, um, uh, she was a good spirit. I told you guys, I'm really tired. <laughs> My head's not working. It just goes like blank. In the studio with one really sick and really tired, <laughs> slightly hungover. <laughs> good mix, good mix. Um, should we go over some of the... Uh... <laughs> oh, man, but Max indeed had a point by saying, like, let's let's look at what she answered to some of our questions. Let me just say right away, the always drunk or always hungover. That's, that's an interesting answer. She said always drunk. Yeah. And she was really open about it. But, I mean, honestly, I don't mean, like, tipsy, like a couple beers. I mean way too drunk i don't see how you could live your life that way well maybe maybe it's kind of like ignorance is bliss kind of situation like if you're really drunk all the time then you don't and she also care said, she also said she's constantly thirsty which maybe yeah, that's connected. That was, i mean yeah that's true but constantly thirsty i just can't even imagine that one well you'd rather be constantly hungry i'd rather be hungry than thirsty yes mm. well i'd rather be hungover than constantly drunk because i could probably drive a car well, I don't know. Maybe I'm still drunk when I'm hungover. So, well, mm. I mean, I mean, okay. Can't if we get too practical about can't this, can't go to a yeah, library. If we make up like a personality, you'll never get into a club ever again. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> you get thrown out of bars all the time. Yeah. If you make up a personality with like the things she chose, she would be that person that's constantly thirsty, also deaf. She would wear a unibrow and would totally be up for banging five celebrities. She's the one that goes, shots, 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 shots. Yeah. But with the lights off, banging them with the lights off. Yeah, 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 with the yeah. lights off. Um, she would be drunk while she's doing that. Failing all her yeah, exams. failing all her I mean, exams. The ones that she could cheat on. Because <laughs> you would cheat, would you? No, obviously I would cheat. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't think I would. Interesting. I, I I found she had interesting choices. Also, like totally, if you guys had to decide, like maybe we can ask Max, like if if you could decide, like wearing a mankini or go naked, like what would you pick? I mean, as a guy, I would have to say that that looks very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I, I I would probably go for the comfort option, just go naked. Cause, I think know. I would go naked as well because of not being like I can enjoy like I can tell a good joke if I want to, but I don't want to be the the joker. Like I don't want to be the the clown that runs around in a mankini. I think I'd rather go naked as well. <laughs> And you? Well. I think I have not really seen myself in the position. I was just thinking, like, <laughs> do I want to look at someone wearing a mankini or go naked? And I have just never seen a real person like I wearing have. a mankini. So, oh, wow, I you have. Yeah, yeah, me too. No, I haven't. Oh, man, my, my <laughs> life is boring. <laughs> so if anyone wants to run around in front of me with a mankini, <laughs> let me know because I've missed that chance in my life so far. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was gonna say something about mankinis, uh, but yeah, seeing someone in a mankini is more fun than seeing someone naked. Yeah, I think. Also, yeah. for yeah. me, I think. Oh, that is German. Also, also, also. Herregut. Oh my god, we're approaching thirty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank God this isn't live. Right, so um, we just talked about um, near-death experiences and it just occurred to me that dreams or experiences in dreams could theoretically be related to near-death experiences as in you usually always wake up when you're dead or the dream ends and a new dream starts. So anyone have any dreams that might have some sort of death or something in them? I, my, my mom always told me when I was a kid that Dream. If you die in your dream, you draw. You die in real life. Oh boy! I don't know if that's true, but it's just something she said. Yeah, I actually I remember. It's it's a very short anecdote, but in one of my dreams, I was uh, riding the back of death, and it was super fun. Like I was really sitting on the on. on in which way were you riding the back of death? So I was basically practically. Uh, you're so bad on death's shoulders, but like I was oh, horseback riding. I don't know how you call it. You know, on the back of death, and we were chasing my younger sister. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> in the forest, and I don't remember if we ever got there, but I just remember this feeling of like being in control over death. Like I was, you know, super powerful. And how is the relationship like, nowadays with your sister? I mean, we're the, we have a lovely relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But yeah, you guys have anything on on dreams and deaths and uh, not not such a cool one. I have this I think that a lot of people have it. I have this when I fall asleep, I'm feeling like I'm on the top of a roof and then I'm like kind of rolling off and falling. <laughs> and that's <sighs> when I wake up. Like I think it's when you're not yet asleep, but you're not not really conscious anymore. So like kind of in between reality and sleep. Yeah. And then you're having this kind of like you have to pass this like kind of in between. And in this in between, I have it really, really often that I just roll off like a skyscraper. And then I feel that I'm just falling. And this is such a scary feeling that I always just like kind of shake and then I'm awake again and then mm -hmm. I'm like oh god damn it I gotta do it all yeah, again and yeah, you get like so kind of excited like yeah. excited because well, sorry it's not as cool as like riding you know, death shoulders and but maybe it would be death actually lying next to you then because when you realize just, like, you're falling you're like whoa and just hitting everyone around you 
Oh my God. Now I just feel that there's so much more stories I want to hear from my uh, lovely co-hosts here in the studio. So we <laughs> might as well turn off the mics for tonight very soon so we can have a little chat on our um, fancy dreams and uh, other <laughs> close to death experiences. Uh, but before we release you into that Saturday night, we made it to social media now as well. So you can find us on Facebook, searching for this show about nothing. You also find us on Instagram, show about nothing. Uh, underscore. Underscore K103. If you want to re-listen to episodes because you missed us on the radio, then you can go to Mixcloud, search for K103 and find our latest episode being titled with the show about nothing. Also, if you want to share your opinions, give us feedback or want to become future caller that's on the line, then you can email us under the show about nothing at k103.se. And remember, don't wear socks with sandals. Oh my God, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank God this isn't live. You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned. <laughs>